This is September 6th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, hopefully a great Labor Day weekend. It was at least here in the Northeast, at least in, in the Boston area. It was nice uh, on Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. Did, I did some kayaking on Sunday, which uh, quite the workout, <laughs> but it was a very fun time uh, over at uh, Lake Tituit. So good times, good times, but there's hockey to talk about. As always, there is hockey to talk about. And On today's episode, Connor and I got into the latest uh, channel media and market research survey about New England sports, uh, which comes out every year, comes out right at this time. And we dove into some of the findings about the Bruins, what people are thinking about them, what they think they should do, where they sit among the other uh, Boston sports teams. So uh, we get into all of that in today's episode. Uh, So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We only have a few weeks left until the beginning of training camp, which is, thank God. Uh, but on today's episode, late last week, after we released Poke the Bear, so we didn't get to really discuss it on Poke the Bear much, but uh, after that uh, dropped the 2022 Channel Media and Market Research Survey, which comes out every year, which is always a fun insight into everything Boston sports uh, came out, uh, I believe it was on Thursday. And they always do every, every team in town, the f- or the five you know, major uh, men's teams, Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, Bruins, and of course the Revs. Uh, and we always have fun with this every year. There's always something in it that's, that's pretty fun. And I think there were 16,103 qualified uh, people who took the survey. I believe only like, just under 10,000 did the Bruins section because they do like a, um, they do like an all teams and they do each team uh, specifically. And I found this interesting. Uh, And again, this is kind of just off the top. I want to know if you're worried about this at all, because I don't know if I'm super worried about it, but it's, it's not a red flag, but it's, you know, something to keep an eye on. Uh, It said, uh, which of the following is your favorite sports team of the five? And the Bruins came in at 11%, which was fourth out of the fifth uh, of the, out of the five. Uh, that is a 5% decrease from last season. Now, again, the Patriots are the Patriots. That's going to be that way for a long time, at least until well after Bill retires. The Red Sox have the history. The Celtics are just in the NBA finals. The Revs, 2%, unfortunate for them. Uh, if they moved to Boston, they would be much higher. But is there a reason to worry that, interest is waning in the Bruins? Uh, I think in the big picture, no. Uh, Now, if the Bruins go into a full-blown rebuild in the next couple of years, yeah, then maybe you're going to see that drop to maybe single digits or you drop significantly. But let's face it, I think it's not a surprise, even the most diehard Bruins fans, that even though maybe their their full commitment is to the, the NHL team, 
bigger picture, look at the market, right? As you said, Patriots are king. Yes. Red Sox have the history and the passion, even if they are a woefully frustrating pro, uh, you know, product. Still, the Red Sox are the Red Sox. So I think it's going to be every year you're kind of more or less jockeying for that third place spot with the Celtics. And I want to say that last year, the Bruins were in third, right? So I think that they one were. is one. Yeah, that one's, I think, something where that third place is going to just depend on kind of which way the tides are going in terms of those two teams. And again, Bruins are competitive. They should be competitive again. But Celtics went, you know, were two wins short of an NBA championship. So it makes a lot of sense that you look at, you know, if you look at that overall survey and you saw the Celtics, you saw they made a lot of really big inroads from getting out of that frustrating Kyrie Irving kind of era where it's like, all right, they're, they're always good, but they're always underachieving and they're not fun to root for to this Ime Adoka led team that, you know, with their, a lot of homegrown talent, a lot of, you know, uh, stingy defensive play. That's kind of a hallmark of the city. Um, the success they had getting past teams like the bucks and the, the nets and uh, the run they went on. Yeah. It does not surprise me at all. The Celtics are in third. And again, I, I think that's something where, Celtics is probably going to be a, a championship favorite again this year. So I would not be surprised, even if the Bruins are really good, that they're going to be in fourth again. That's just kind of the the way of the world, right? Like, again, I think we both love hockey. We love talking Bruins, but I think we're both realistic as to where the Bruins do sit in this market. And I think the Bruins are, are cognizant of that, right? Like, again, you get to the playoffs, you you know, a lot of casual fans will catch playoff hockey fever. And that's always a, a fun time. But the Bruins don't get the same amount of views, especially when you get into the dog days of January and February as maybe the teams like the, the, the Patriots or even the Red Sox as, as cruddy as they were this year. Yeah. It's funny. I think if the Bruins were in any other market, they would be number one, right? History and uh, the, the, the passion of the fan base. I mean, they have everything here. It's just, there's so much other things going on here. I will say the last time the Bruins were in single digits was 2018. They were 8%. What's funny though, is in 2015, they were 23%. They were in third. The Red Sox were 24. So they were right there with the Sox. Now, granted, in 15, the Sox were bad, and so were the Celtics. So, um, and again, the Bruins were kind of entering a rebuild at that time. Uh, I will say in the in the general questions on the sports team, on each team paired up against each other, the Bruins were saved by people hating the, what the Red Sox have done this year. I mean, yes. like, truly saved. I think... Um, when it came uh, Jacobs, Neely, Sweeney, they all ranked somewhere in the middle of the four team uh, of the five teams in each one, because the Red Sox took all the heat. Heim Bloom took all the heat. Um, their performance this year kind of in some way took a bullet, I think for the Bruins. Now in the Bruins center questions, Sweeney and Neely, and actually Jim Montgomery did not perform very well, uh, in people's faith in them. I think Montgomery was only 32% had like good or high expect, you know, high faith in Jim Montgomery, which I would say is kind of wild because out of Montgomery, Sweeney and Neely, I think I might put my most faith in Montgomery, just given he's a pretty solid NHL head coach. You know, again, we don't know how he's going to perform with, with this group, but it's something to think about. Uh, are people too low on Jim Montgomery? Um, I think it's just probably the, the case of a, a new guy. You really don't maybe know much about him. And I think you also have the, you know, all this news comes in wake of, you know, Bruce Cassidy's firing, which, you know, regardless of what you thought of him as a coach, he's still a guy that I think was popular with the fans, the media. Um, he was, again, at the helm of a very successful kind of run the Celtics have been on. Again, hasn't resulted in a championship, but 
I think every year, the last couple of years, we thought the Bruins were right in the mix in terms of uh, being legitimate contenders. So I think, you know, you, you have that, uh, you know, addition here with Montgomery that some fans just really don't know what, what he brings or, you know, what you're going to get out of him. Um, I, I think that's something where, you know, I think it's just probably lukewarm reception at the start. You don't, you're trying to, you know, get the feeling out process for how this guy's going to be. I think we both agree, even though we probably weren't fans of just the way the overall Cassidy saga was handled. I think we were both in agreement that we could make the case that a new voice Montgomery a guy who has a pretty established track record can, and hopefully should get more out of this established core. Um, I think it's just more of a case of just a new guy in there than a case of people like are already kind of, ready and willing to bury Montgomery for even coaches a game. Like, I, I honestly think when you look at the, that list, what kind of surprised me the most is um, the fact that, you know, there was a one ranking that was talking about how much you disagree with like the following statements. And one of them was like, I have complete faith in Don Sweeney as GM of the Bruins. And again, yeah, it wasn't like super high, but also there weren't like a lot of people going for like one, two or three where it's like completely disagreed. Right. Uh, like, that was my was, next point actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right I mean, now. Yeah, it's, that's the thing that kind of surprised me is as much as you get the the vitriol and the comments after the Cassidy firing, um, you look at the maybe it, we just spend too much time on Twitter, which is honestly Ooh. probably hazardous for all of our health. But like, yeah, you know, on social media, you gauge that, you know, the the pulse of the fan base there. You would think there probably be a lot more uh, uh, disagreements or, or a lack of faith in terms of the Bruins front office after that. So the fact that, I mean, Sweeney still gets. 44% saying that they're in complete faith of them. 20% say they, you know, it's completely, you know, pretty much agree. Uh, it's still pretty good numbers for uh, a front office staff that I think we both agree. Uh, definitely shoulders quite a lot of blame in terms of just the fact that this team has been good. They've been putting them in the position, but to get over the top, I think it kind of falls more on the roster construction drafting than anything else. Yeah, 59% have complete faith in Cam Neely, which I was kind of surprised by. You would expect, you again, you would expect less. Only 2% were a one yes. on Neely, completely disagreeing uh, in that statement, which I, again, I just find fascinating. And again, maybe it's, as you said, it's our fault for looking at Twitter too much, looking at replies to stories that, that you write or replies online. Maybe, you know, it's funny, the real uh, channel media and market research survey throughout the year is actually just Twitter. I feel like that's like the real survey throughout the year. That's how we really kind of take the temperature of fans. Uh, but maybe people are, I'm curious if any of our listeners were surveyed in this. Cause I feel like a lot of like, like political polls I've never been hit up for. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know anyone, maybe they just don't say anything, but I'm curious if anyone got hit up for this. Um, because it's a cool thing to do. I, I think the average time they said was like 18 minutes to complete for, for a person. And you got entered into winning like multiple $250 Visa gift cards, which like, hell yeah. I mean, to answer cool. these questions, like this doesn't seem that hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I was just kind of shocked that people had that much faith in Sweeney. Again, 44% isn't great, but still higher I th- than I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, I think when you look at the fact this was on, what was it, a, an eight point? or seven point scale. Seven point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have 24% also had him at 6%. Like, you know, again, it was maybe more middle of the pack, but still in terms of being a seven or a six, not too bad. Even a five had 16% of the vote. So a lot more, I think in terms of positive or the very least lukewarm reception to him, as opposed to, you feel like, you know, you, you look at what social media has and everything. You seem to get one extreme or the other. Seems like maybe, maybe it's just we should follow more of these surveys where 
I think as we always talk about with anything in terms of player discourse, anything like that, probably falling somewhere in the middle is the best way to eventually end up. You can focus yes. on the good and the bad. Maybe these people have the right idea here. Maybe the, the, maybe these are the rational people who aren't on Twitter. They're, they're mm-hmm. smart. They don't go on Twitter. That would be uh, kind of a smart move on their part. Um, probably safe to say they feel good all the time, right? They feel really good. Uh, but when you really want to feel uh, terrific, and you want to feel good and you, and you want to wake up in the morning feeling great. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I don't drink coffee or use caffeine because I wanted healthier natural energy and AG1 has been providing it in droves. And by the way, two of the three other guys I live with can attest to this. I have gotten them on athletic greens and they love it too. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each and every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75, yes, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things, I barely even have breath to say it all. It helps so much out. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you take, whether you eat keto, Paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting really, really good. This all supports better sleep quality and mental clarity. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. It's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look up your health. It's just one, one we're always about number one, and this is only one scoop, and they are the number one. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, so one thing I found uh, maybe the most interesting part of this And this is where I think maybe these Bruins fans who answered this were not entirely rational. I'm actually going a different direction than I think you're, Mm, you think I'm going in because we're going to get to what I think you're thinking. In your opinion, what could the Boston Bruins do to improve their team? You know what the number one answer was acquire slash get slash sign two good goalies. That was 22% of the vote. The people are people watching. They have, too solid. You have a, a really good young goalie who's probably your starter of the next, you know, 12 years. And you have a, a, a 1B who, again, you have signed to a fair amount of money, but is also like really, really good. I, right. I'm just kind of surprised that's the number one thing. Yeah, it is so far down the list when you look at what the actual <laughs> flaws are of this roster. And I think even people who maybe are lukewarm or aren't fans of Olmark, I feel like it's more of just the cap hit in the role as opposed to being like, he sucks. Right. Like, I don't think you hear a whole, whole lot of that. It's mostly just focusing on, Oh, they could have saved 5 million. If they just get like a, a Joe Schmo, like veteran journeyman or something like that. And that's in that one uh, B role, which I think we both kind of disagree with in terms of just how important having kind of a veteran safety blanket is, uh, you know, having gotten plays for a guy like Swayman, who, even though he's talented, still a young guy, still going to go through a few bumps in the road. So yeah, in terms of what the issues are for this team, having Jeremy Swayman and a reliable veteran and Lena Solmark is not an issue. Like no. even if you want to talk, and you don't need like, to go look, sign. You don't need to go out and get two new ones. Like right. you're good. 
and it's again it's you i think people fall into the same thing where it's like almost like finding a running back where it's like you find any like solid one on the market you know, like you throw some money at them they'll stop the puck you know they'll, they'll fill out their role it's like all right but if you want like an actual legit tandem you have to either commit some money or you have to hit on a draft pick and the bruins have kind of done that with with these two guys so yeah i think you look at the goaltending situation far from the issue, I, I think for this team. And you even look at what kind of plagued the Bruins last year in playoffs. I, I wouldn't say the, the the goalies were the thing that doomed them in that series. Yeah. Again, I don't know how that's the number one problem. Like I just, I don't, that's not even in my top five. Yeah. I, I don't think it's not even a problem. I mean, you look at some of the other answers. Number two was keep getting younger slash faster players. That's always kind of the thing. I'll give them that. I'll give them and that. They have, even though they have gotten a lot faster. <laughs> like, I don't know what, their Bruins play with pretty good pace now. Like, I don't know why people yeah. think they're, you know, and I think with Montgomery, they're going to pl- play with even more pace. Yeah. I think that's going to be another thing they add to uh, better, stronger draft picks, better scouting. Okay. That's, that that's number, number one. one. Like that, that is, is number not, one. Like that should be like 65% of the vote. Like, holy yes. shit guys. Also another thing. And it's, I don't think it's on here. It wasn't listed at least again, this was uh, unaided right in. So maybe they like kind of grouped, maybe people said this, they just grouped things in together. Um, Where's the like get two centers of the future? I'm surprised that's not. I mean, I guess maybe that's in with drafting and scouting, but I also I think guess, like, yeah. that should be its own thing. Right. Like, again, the more secondary scoring is number four, which the the thing that has literally doomed them in like <laughs> what five of the last six failed playoff runs. Yeah, yes. that's 16% of the vote. And then lower ticket prices, more ticket specials and giveaways. I wonder I mean, what I, that's get... probably very valid. So that is, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Again, we don't, we don't, you know, we go cause we cover the team. It's different. Uh, if we were, you know, ticket paying customers, we'd probably put that like number one. Um, yes. But I wonder what kind of cool giveaways the Bruins could do. Like some bobbleheads, you know, some, uh, they could do they some bobbleheads a few years ago. Yeah. I, I feel like I haven't had a, I haven't heard of a Bruins bobblehead night in a long time. Cause then they found out you were showing up. So they, they put them true. all in, yeah, in reserve. So yeah, so he's going to take them all. We can't, we can't, we can't have these when he's here. Uh, but no, I mean, again, it's safe bet that the Bruins have bigger problems uh, than uh, the two good goalies that they have. We're talking about really safe bets. We're talking about good friends over at bet online football is back. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your footing up uh, footing, your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. Next, it's coming up quick. I'm excited. I, I love football seasons. This is fun. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, live scores, always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports team, uh, sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. You can even bet on golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game stats. stats. Where the game stats. So now we'll get to the fun one. We'll get to the really fun one that we both tweeted about and that I think people were uh, in awe of, up in arms about. Uh, which, uh, which player on the Boston Bruins, for whatever reason, does not slash did not meet your expectations. And guess who was number one? Numero uno, Tuka Rask with 36% of the vote. By the way, he was number one by a lot. There was, Brandon Carlo was number two, which by the way, Carlo could have probably been number one. Like mm-hmm. they got it right with Carlo, actually. I was kind of shocked that they had him there. Um, Connor Clifton though, 
at number three, I thought that was, I thought he actually had a fairly good season last year. I, I don't know. If I'd that's... rather, yeah. I'd rather put like Riley or something. I feel like Clifton, the problem with, with Clifton is when things go bad, it, te- it tends to be Those like something really very bad. evident. But I also <laughs> yeah. think that's kind of the same thing with Riley, where I think in most situations, he's a very good, you know, puck moving defenseman. But when like there's a D zone lap, it usually ends with like a puck in the back of the net. That's the issue, right? Yeah. And again, Nick Felino at number four, I feel like Nick Felino could have been two or number one, but Rask at one. Now Rask's an interesting case because yeah, when he came back last year, wasn't great, right? The, the experiment really did not work out four games and he was gone and he, re- and he went back to retirement. Uh, but the, the Rask arc after retirement was pretty sick. All the, the, uh, the, the appearances and the, the beers during games and things like that. But I, again, I don't, remember word for word what we were like what we said in the winter leading up to rask i think we said it was a good thing to have but it was also like you have two really good goalies already so this isn't like an end-all be-all and again they signed him to what was veteran minimum right like this was not a there was not a lot of stock in this jerry Sturman got sent down to providence for like 10 minutes and was back up so i don't know like the i don't know if there were really high expectations for rask and I also think it's something where I feel like most of the criticism, it's almost like the same with Olmark, where I feel like most of the criticism has more to do with the, the contract and the role as opposed to the player. Again, listen, there's people who will, who do not like Tuka Rask at all anyway, even you know, healthy, <laughs> not healthy, you know, at his age, if he was 27, uh, they don't think he's a good goalie. Sure. Okay. You can go with that. But I feel like most of the criticism for the Rask thing was, again, as you kind of said, it was the fact that they had a pretty good system in place. You don't want to send Swayman down and kind of mess with his head, which I think we both agreed that it was, you know, a low risk move. Swayman's still going to get regular reps. Uh, if he plays well, it's a good problem to have. Um, and if you've got three pretty good goalies, you're pretty much set for at least this year, right? And you still have a really good go- uh, young goalie and Swayman in place who's still getting reps. He's not on the bench or anything like that. Um, again, did not work out, but I wouldn't put Tuka Rask. He of four total games played this year as the most, uh, you know, the guy that did not meet expectations. I mean, were we expecting him to come off hip surgery and do a crazy run for the Vesna or something like that? Or like make a run where he's going to be like 18-1-1? No, I don't think so. I don't think we ever said that. Ever. No, I, I, like it's, it, it's again, I think he, if he was healthy, which uh, is unfortunate just the way it all played out, but when when he's on his game, he's a very, very, very good goalie and he could help you out. But I don't know if putting a guy like Raskin, who again ended up being kind of just a small footnote in terms of the, the bigger picture of this past season, um, I don't know how that influences or, or what leads to him being the number one guy there, other than the fact that there's just the history. And I think you see his name on a, on a PDF form and go, him i know that guy i hate him I, yeah. that's what i think and again i i don't i don't know how he's number one in that um i don't again what were the expectations like i don't know and again you know he was a terrific goalie for all his career maybe people thought that he was going to come in and do what you said and make this crazy run for the vesna and challenge igor shesterkin uh but again i just don't i don't know what the expectations were carlo was legit as i said carlo has missed expectations, especially now that he's getting paid. I'm surprised Charlie Coyle wasn't on that list because I feel like Coyle's been a popular one in years past. I'm not saying that he has missed expectations, um, but just given that, you know, he got a pretty solid contract, pretty hefty deal, and they expected him to be a number one or two center, and he didn't really fit as a number two center. I'm surprised he wasn't on that list, even though, again, good as the third line center, actually had a fairly solid year last year. Looks to have a better year this year. Like, I, again, I'm just surprised he wasn't on that list. But again, Tugaras kind of took the cake there. Um, another thing I found interesting, I'm going to go back here to the teams going against one another, because we'll get to who the Bruins should go out and get 
the players. We'll get to that in a second. But first, there was one other interesting thing. I was I was doing a quick look through before we uh, started this because I was like, I want to make sure I, I didn't miss anything. And there was a question: if you if if you could only select one, which of the following teams do you believe uh, has the best chance of winning a championship the soonest? Now, the Celtics, no surprise, number one at forty six percent. Here's what surprised me: the Patriots came in at thirty eight percent. The Bruins came in at twelve percent. Now, again, we have sat here and said the Bruins are not really true cup contenders they could be once once healthy but i i don't know if we can put them in with like the colorado avalanche and you know the teams in the upper echelon quite yet but we're getting into some football talk here real quick but the pay like the patriots are nowhere close to being a super super bowl contender they are a borderline wild card team you know and we sat here last week and said with the bruins like you know probably the third or fourth in the atlantic but could be higher because the division is not that great uh, the, the Patriots, that is not the case at all. <laughs> and yeah. It's also, by the way, it's also the easier when you get in the NHL postseason to go on like a run than it is in football. Like the, in football, it's, you know, usually the top teams in the Super Bowl, right? Whereas the NHL, it is, that is not often the case. Yeah. It, for hockey, it's all about just being in the mix. And I think the Bruins will be in the mix. And if they got, if they can kind of tread water at the start of the year, again, we, we I think had this conversation last week about are we maybe underrating the team a little bit. If they're healthy and guys are, are rolling, that's about as legit of a top six as you can find. You've got McAvoy and Lindholm. You've got uh, two goalies. Strayman should be better. You look at guys that should be due for a bounce back, potentially under a guy like Montgomery. You look at just what the natural kind of spot you get from having a, a new coach in place. Like, this is a pretty good team. And again, are, are they in the same tier as the Avalanche? No, but you know what? You put them in a playoff bracket, they're probably pretty tough out. That's a, a vet veteran team that knows how to win that is going to have that same zone defense they're going to potentially have a higher offensive ceiling um yeah i I think they are going to be a very good team and again maybe the Patriots are surprised but i think you look at just what has to go right all right if you're the bruins you have to you know wait for mcavoy and marching to come back right but also all right you need swimming to take another step forward okay that's that's rational you need jake debrus to score 30 goals well, if he plays like he did last year and he's actually happy now, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, if you're the Patriots, you need to fix this offense. It seems broken because you don't know who's calling the plays. You literally have like just a mismatch in terms of your coaches. Offense has not looked good at all. They looked like uh, they couldn't do anything against like the, the Raiders backups in, in their last oh, yeah. game. Uh, <laughs> you need like Jonu Smith to, to go off. You need like a guy like, uh, like Parker or Aguilar to – give you 800 900 yards if pocket can even stay healthy like there's just so many pieces that need to fall into place perfectly for the patriots to be i don't know 11 and 11 and 6 whatever the new whatever the new uh 17 game record wise is like i feel just so much more has to go in the patriots favor and even if all goes right and they win 10 11 games i feel like the bills are still in front of them so you look at the chiefs you look at the, the afc west you look at some of these other teams out there pretty tough so, yeah, 38% of the vote for the Patriots. I don't agree with that. No, I don't. I would put the Bruins near the Patriots. I'd put the Bruins actually above the Patriots. Again, if we're yeah. doing, like, who's close to a championship, it's probably Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, and then Red Sox. Yeah, Red Sox with a, a 0% chance in 2022, which is actually true. Like, they are legitimately getting close to getting eliminated. So, yes. I, I do see the merit there. But, yes. yeah, also, but again... again a lot of teams have been bailed out by the Red Sox just being complete, but this year. So yes, yes. I will also say the Red Sox, if they do re-sign Devers and maybe Bogarts, 
they have a solid core there. They have younger talent coming up. Oh, maybe yeah. they maybe they could be for championship I mean, next year. They, they were the right two win, they were two wins away from going to the World Series last year, which I think is why people are also even more sour about this team is that they didn't build off any of that momentum. I, I will oh. say though, uh, one of the best spots of the survey, they had a list of I think like the ten best and worst things that happened in Boston. And one of the worst was for the Red Sox. And no, it was the fact of how specific this criticism is. So for the Red Sox one, it's literally on the survey. It says uh, the worst thing to happen. Hein Bloom's approach to running a team slash Red Sox being reduced to a spreadsheet slash computer program. That's like absurdly (laughs) specific and hilarious. So good for people. Imagine if like everyone just like said that word for word. And like we we, the survey people like we we have to run this like everyone's saying that. (laughs) <laughs> we just got we got to do it we can't not do it uh another thing that surprised me about that was uh weren't the bruins like in like best things that happened this year weren't the bruins making the playoffs like number two right yeah i don't know if that which was... is wild because the bruins made the playoffs like every year except for like two, two years in the past you know 15 or so years and it's like is that, that was really the second best thing to happen this year like i Maybe don't know it's just the again Bruins are, and usually in the grand scheme of things, the fourth team in this market. But I feel like even casual fans, you get playoff hockey secured. You know, it's on tap for uh, April and May. You got Audio Slave playing on the speakers Ooh. of the God. And I think people get people get hyped up for it. And again, you it's a very Bruins easy playoff thing for promo even, commercials too. Let's get, get everybody going. Band of captains. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think it's something where even the casual fans can very easily get hooked on to watching a, a playoff hockey game. It's, I think... You know, I bet we're biased, but I think it's probably the best playoff product out there. So when you got oh, a yeah. hometown team, you got playoff hockey and the way it ramps up and the stakes involved, it's tough not to get engrossed in it, even if you're not a, a diehard hockey fan. Tough to beat. Tough. Nobody beat. Nobody beats that. Nobody. Nobody beats that. Uh, speaking of things nobody uh, can beat, what one player would you like the Boston Bruins to acquire the most? Number one on that list. Austin Matthews at 23%. What? That would that would be amazing if they found a way to do that. Just for the memes, for everything, Austin Matthews is the future number one center of the Boston Bruins, which would be uh, quite the move. I, lo- I always love this. Matthews one, Nikita Kucherov two, Nathan McKinnon three, Connor McDavid four, uh, which is wild because McDavid usually is the one leading this. this section. Eichel was the leader years. last year. Eichel won oh, that's last right. year. And that was like fair, kind of like, realistic that was not yes. like far-fetched victor head minute five no kill mccarr on that list which it i was should, shocked it by. literally should be mcdavid one and it like shouldn't be close and then it should be like probably kill mccarr yeah and i'm surprised with the area like people aren't like oh you mask kid come yeah. um but and in fairness where do, you go to, where do you go to school oh i think it was that school out in western mass U- uh, UMass, was it hampshire college no 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 it was at UMass. Williams. UMass. so it was it was amherst college Kelmacar, amherst college amherst college uh, superstar uh but in fairness all the other five teams uh, the other four teams uh pulled th- those players were also kind of far-fetched i think like the, the red sox was like aaron judge fernando tatis like shohei otani uh and like the, the same with celtics and i think actually the the patriots one had tom brady as the number five guy so people would love the patriots to get tom brady so it's always fun to see who the fans want be a cool thing to see this like specific like if you pulled like like our listeners i would imagine are very hockey intelligent like i think our listeners are extremely tuned in they are very knowledgeable i would love to see the list of like the five players that they would like the bruins to go get because i don't think that list would be like mcdavid kucherov stamkos i think that would be like you know 
like uh well, well you wouldn't go out and get chicken anymore but it'd be players that like a realistic targets or connor, you know, depth garland. Score. connor garland is a big one like players like that i think uh and by the way no more jt miller no more jt miller unfortunate it's bo, it's bo horvat season now evan Hey, we're, we're we got to switch up our Canucks that the Bruins should go after. Maybe it'll be Bo Horvat. Uh, but anyways, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you over at Boston Sports Journal? Yeah, we're going to continue to break down some of the pressing questions leading up to training camp. Look at potential roster battles, all that good stuff over at BSJ. So please subscribe at BostonSportsJournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three. Go do all that for CLNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week.